Welcome to our message for our Ash Wednesday service, entitled, From the Inside Out. Our text is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and 16 through 21. This is a section of the Sermon on the Mount, which Jesus shared. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your alms may be done in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites, for they mark their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, Put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this holy night, as we are confronted with our mortality, with our fallenness, help us to confess the ways that we have failed to love you and to love others. But then, Lord, change us so that we might live differently going forward. Ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I remember when this whole confession thing was straightforward, easy even. It used to be an opportunity to just wipe my spiritual slate clean. You know, whatever I'd done, whatever I felt bad about, I could just say a nice little prayer. I could confess my sin and God would use that magic eraser from above and it would all be gone. He would remove that from me and I could live without guilt once again. I remember as a kid praying before going to sleep at night. I'd try to remember anything that I had done wrong all day long. Uh, was I mean to anybody? Did I cuss? Did I take anything that wasn't mine? Did I disobey my parents? To be honest, at that time, a lot of my motivation was just to stay out of hell. I was about to go to sleep and, you know, I wanted to make sure that I, uh, that if I died before I woke, as the prayer goes, that I would, in fact, not be in hell. And I lived with fear that there might be a sin that I forgot to confess. Uh, confession was my insurance for eternity, and it was purely transactional. And it was all internal. It was about getting things set right inside my own soul. Because it was all internal, nothing ever changed. I just kept confessing the same things over and over again. Maybe you've been there too. You find that you're your prayer life gets repetitive because you keep doing the same sins and you keep confessing them and God keeps forgiving them, but nothing changes. And to be fair, there is an internal element to our confession this evening. There was for David 
in Psalm 51 that we heard earlier in the service. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Do not cast me away from your presence. Those are internal things. David realized that his sin was separating him from God, and he wanted to restore that relationship. That's an internal thing. David wanted that slate to be wiped clean so that he and God could be friends once again. We come to this time of confession because we want our souls to be in harmony with God. Sometimes we let it remain internal, though, a private concern, and we repeat our sins. I know that happens to me. We we just want forgiveness. We want to be absolved for what we've done wrong, but then we turn around and do it again because we really don't want to change. But confession and repentance are more than just soothing our consciences and making us okay with God. It is that, but it is so much more. John the Baptizer reminds us that uh, we are to bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. That when we confess and repent of our sin, that something should change, that our, our confession and repentance should be fruitful. They should produce something. We absolutely do not earn our forgiveness. Never. Don't get me to say that at all. We don't earn our forgiveness by changing our behavior. And if we don't change our behavior, I'm not even saying that God doesn't forgive. Not under any circumstance can we earn forgiveness. But there is an outward component involved in confession and repentance. It's not as private as we wish we were. If we truly confess and repent, then we are called to action afterwards. I'm afraid it's something that we lost in the Protestant Reformation. We, we did away with penance that's prescribed by the priest. Now, granted, we did away with it for valid reasons. There were horrible abuses. There were, there were clergy that were using that power to manipulate people, and that should never happen. That was, there were horrible practices in the way penance was done. But perhaps we threw out the baby with the bathwater. Maybe the problem was not penance, but the way that it was being handled. Because the idea of penance was not only to forgive sin, but to begin to create behavior that honors God. A faithful priest, when he heard confession, would assign uh, something to do to help the person live differently. If the person had been dishonest, the penance would be to do something to build honesty in them. And so penance was a way of building Christian character. It works to shape us more into the image of Christ. Confession and repentance should be lived from the inside out. We see that movement in today's scripture text. David's prayer at first was inward. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Renew our relationship, God. Those are internal. Those are about getting rid of the damage that's been done and restoring a relationship with God, and that is vitally important. But then David turns the page. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. You see, for David, it's not enough to just get rid of the bad that he's done. But because he's been forgiven, then he's going to behave a certain way. He's going to change the way that he lives. In Jesus' words from Matthew 6, we can again see the combination of both 
interior and exterior, inside motivation, as well as outward behavior. That, yes, we are to give alms. That's an outward behavior. We are to give to relieve the suffering of others, but we are to do so privately. There's an inside component as well. We should participate in the inward discipline of fasting to change our lives, but then we should live with joy in public. So we've got a private component of the fasting, but a public where we uh, adorn ourselves with oil and we appear joyful in the community around us, that we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We do that, that internal kind of thing, by the way that we love and care for our fellow human being. In Jesus' examples, public expression matters for good and for bad. This season moves us from introspection in our closets, in our inner rooms where we pray, but then into the world to live changed lives. Yes, spend time in secret with God, but by as a result of that time in secret, we live differently in our giving and our fasting and our praying. A year ago in this service, I made a confession publicly to you. Frequently, people will ask me to remember them in prayer. It comes with a job. They've got a medical procedure coming up or a loved one who's sick, they'll ask me to pray. And of course, I always answered yes, but I confessed last year that too often I would forget about it in the busyness of my day. People would entrust me with a prayer request, but then I would just kind of let it slip away. I would agree to pray, but never get around to actually doing it. Last year, I confessed to you and and you forgave. And that's amazing. That is amazing grace that you received my confession and you forgave me. But I also had to change. I had to put something in place to make sure that I would do differently going forward. I would be horrified to come before you tonight and not have made any changes to say to you again that, yeah, people still ask me to pray, but now I never get around to doing it. I would be horrified to share that news tonight. My confession had to lead to action. And so now when people give me prayer requests, I, I at least almost always remember to put them in a list on my phone. And every morning in my devotional time, I open that app on my phone and I pray through that list, calling those people by name because confession has got to lead to changed behavior. Your Lent begins tonight. It's your opportunity to live inside out. What do you need to confess and repent? Once you're forgiven, how will you live differently?